Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Game of Runchy. Get on the grid. I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. You can get on the grid, too, at SportsGrid.com. Follow SportsGrid on Twitter, at SportsGrid. You can find me on Twitter, at SportsRage. And you can find Cam at the local beer store. Oh, yeah, and you can also find him at Cam Stewart Live. And uh, we're in a much better mood this Monday than we were last Monday, and not because it's (laughs) Memorial Day, because we didn't get screwed over in the Skins game like we did last week. And I'm still upset. I know you are still upset about it too, Ken, because truth be told, we should have been 2-0 and in these Skins games. You're damn we won right. 7-5. I know and I don't want to go back in time, but we won. No. We I, wa- I do properly. I, wa- I do want to go back in time because that was lost monies that I could have been putting into horse races when my buddy wins $36,000 hitting Superfectus. Where are the Wolf and Fowler money, sportsbook? Yeah. I don't have them anymore. So we talk about this. You, Gabe, you're at the you're at the book every day. You know that that one little tick or whatever. Think about it. It's like a chain reaction with stuff. If you have the money with the bets you won, you would have exactly. bet more on it, or you would have reinvested in future. I would have so, the confidence I, in this week's skins game to yes, get another nickel down more. and really cash in. Damn and right. It came down to minus one sixty three as well. All the late money before uh, before they teed off came in on Team Cheat on Mickelson and Brady and Cam. Fortunately, we actually played. Uh, the event. Can you imagine like, the depression and the anger if it would have been postponed or canceled because of the rain, you, the heavy rains? I'm going to tell you a story. When you came down for at Stewart Studios there and we looked at each other and saw the torrential rainstorms coming down, you don't think that me and you looked at each other and said, Can't? You go, I go, Gabe, are we going to lose like this? Are they going to postpone this? After oh, yeah. how Can much- you imagine if in the yeah. 15th or 16th, they said, all right, it's all over. We, we raised money for charity. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's called a push. Like, we don't get it. I'm like, what? Oh, what? We're, we're, we're one up and we don't get paid? Yeah, that would have been the final straw to break furniture and to go absolutely bananas. Uh, I'm with you, buddy. I, I, You know what? I'm glad that it ended this way. And I'm going to really remember that skins versus uh, match play format. I like the match play format more than the skins because I think with the skins, you could do a lot more things at the end of the match to make it more uh, Mickey Mouse, which we learned with the Wolf Fowler match because there was no rules. Nobody posted them in sports books. Hell, they haven't given our money back from them. I could really use it. We could have invested it more in uh, some NFL futures, my crazy lottery tickets. I could have put the Bills versus the Eagles in one of my other t- tickets at maybe 200. 170 to one, right, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoulda, coulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And yeah, it's listen. It's nice to get the money back. Uh, makes up for some of the money that I lost, uh, lost betting on the horses uh, yeah. over the weekend. But you know, Cam, I was gonna say there's kind of a lull right now, to be honest. Um, you know, you and I have done a great job. We're trying to stay positive and entertain people as much as we can. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed the shows. So the UFC, we have a UFC card this week, but. You know, there's been a lot of excitement. Oh, the NBA, the NBA, the NBA. The NBA is like six to eight weeks away, guys. Like, even if it fell into place, we're still looking at, like, late July, mid-July, yeah. into late uh, July. Um, the NHL, similar situation. The NHL isn't as if, though, like it's right around the corner uh, right now. Uh, but horse racing uh, set to a uh, step up. Uh, we've got the Triple Crown uh, can this summer. That's something that's going to help us uh, fill the void And uh, it's not all that far off, actually, either. No, it's not. It's going to be interesting, too, Gabe. We have all the California tracks reopen, as I mentioned. Golden Gate Fields, Santa Anita are part of the rotation right now. Churchill Downs, 
Well, we know about Twin Spires. There, there are golf streams running all the time. And I'll tell you, though, uh, these little tracks, enjoy, enjoy Will Rogers Downs and Fawner Park and all these other tracks. These guys, imagine me and you were a CEO of that company. I don't know anybody other than your boy, legendary Lindsay, that would spend an afternoon betting Fawner Park. But when it's the only game in town on a, a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday afternoon, these little tracks, Gabe, and you mentioned it, five times their handle, six times their handle. So horse racing is one thing in the pandemic that's done really well. And it's going to be nice that New York racing is going to be back. An important meet at Saratoga. That's a summer uh, a place, a destination spot for people and racing there in up in upstate New York there. Saratoga is important. You talk about the Meadowlands and the Pacers and Trotters there. Like it's very, very important. New York racing has a lot of tracks. And once they get back in the fold, it'll be great for horse racing. Yeah, the Belmont Stakes will be the first Triple Crown, uh, first Triple Crown race a couple of weeks away. All right, let's welcome the radio audience. And my clock management uh, today is worse than Freddie Kitchens uh, was. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. We got. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're doing our best. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of things going on in the, yeah, lot lot in the studio. stadium here. Yeah, it's very hot in the Stewart uh, studio. So we welcome everybody listening on the radio side of things. Uh, shout out to all of our affiliates uh, out there everywhere. The match has been completed. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning go head-to-head, -head and Peyton Manning steps up. I was impressed with Peyton Manning's, uh, Peyton Manning's golf game. Um, yet, one thing I noticed about Peyton Manning is this guy's a pretty heavy breather, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, he is. I know. You think I'm a heavy breather? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Peyton was like, <sighs> like, after every shot, he's really... You know, I was like, yeah, guys, I don't know. I think you got to turn Peyton's mic off after he shoots, the, after he shoots, guys, for a couple of seconds. Good point. Like, yeah, sometimes when we have Mark Lawrence on, we get the heavy breathing, and uh, Gabe knows me to be a heavy breather sometimes. It's hard to, for me to get up those stairs, but I'll tell you, you're right. Peyton Manning, for an athlete, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, he was really huffing and puffing out there. He wasn't, uh, didn't sound like a triathlete, Gabe. That's for sure. He's, uh, he is a heavy breather. One thing I noticed, too, is, man, when they were, they were really cruising in their golf carts, man. Yeah, I know. Guys, that was some serious speeds. <laughs> they were those souped up carts. And listen, I love Charles Barkley. I think Barkley's a funny guy and stuff. But, you know, we got a lot of money on this. And there's uh, there's Chuck asking Trevor Hillman, hey, you know, I've always just sort of hooked my ball. Is it because I don't get my chest out far enough? DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And listening to Game Time Decisions, I am Gable Wretched. I'm on the grid, and so is Mike Blewett. Steps up at NVSSportsGrid.com. Mike, always a pleasure. Happy Memorial Day weekend. How you doing? I'm doing great. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you as well. Uh, always a good time to honor those that have served our country. Well, we talked about this earlier um, on the program, we talked about Noah Syndergaard getting shaken down by a landlord, uh, Mike. So I got to ask you, why are you playing? Uh, why are you playing Noah like this? <laughs> and um, um, it must be nice to be renting out apartments at $27,000 a month, Mike. I didn't realize you were such the real estate tycoon. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, 27 k yeah, a real month. estate agent is Mike Blewett. We're breaking yeah. news here. That's right. Uh, in my experience, 
the New York City real estate market is not that kind to renters. So we'll see if Noah can actually have his day in court. Uh, it seems like there's something to argue about. He did sign a lease, but he never showed up for obvious reasons. Yeah, but he paid first and last. Yeah. He paid first and last. And that's basically, I mean, the whole reason the last month is so if you screw them, right? Yeah. So let me, let me ask you, what's the most that you've ever paid rent for a place before? Oh, rent. God. Uh, probably a couple grand a month. Not not much. I, I had a rent stabilized apartment when I lived in Manhattan for seven years. So I was fortunate. But still, even still, that was a couple grand a month. All right. A couple of Mike, a couple of grand a month. So I was going to say it must be nice, though. I, I dropped 27K. Must be a nice place. Three, three, uh, three bedrooms. Better Tribeca. Be. Yeah, try try back here. Couple Quite floors. You need you need some views for that. I mean, twenty seven k a month. He's got to yeah. get to Queens all the time though, right? So he's not he's not living. You know, it's quite the it's uh, quite the commute out to the ballpark every day. Not taking the seven train, I'll tell you that much. No, 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 no. He wasn't. You know what though? Uh, nah, he probably wouldn't actually. But some players do. I told the story before. Pete Rose used to play for the Montreal Expos and. Uh, Pete Rose used to take the uh, the subway to the stadium every day. He lived in this like apartment condo complex that um, was attached to the um, the subway system. Ah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, so basically he'd come out right, you know what I mean? He'd come out right of his building, boom, right into the uh, the metro slash subway, and Olympic Stadium in Montreal connected to the subway, so he would never have to go outside. And yeah. I went up to him. I was a kid. I said, "Oh, Mr. Rose," I was like 11 years old. I was like, hello, Mr. Rose. I said, I'm surprised to see you taking the uh, the subway to the ballpark. And he goes, I take it to every game, kid. He goes, uh, he goes, I, I've been in a lot of cities. I don't want to get lost and be late for the game. I guess that <laughs> makes sense. sense. I know John Olerud famously did take the seven train uh, to Shea Stadium. It was then uh, while, while he was playing. But for he's such so. a non-assuming guy. No one would notice him, right? No assuming Unless he was wearing the batting helmet. Yeah, well, even then, you know. Yeah, of course, there's the famous Ricky Henderson story, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's been some denials, but I'm going to yes, choose to believe yes. it for the rest of my life. Yeah, Ricky says, no, 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 that's not true. That's one of those, is it true or not? There's a debate about it. You're right. The Ricky Henderson legend stories. Yeah. Uh, there's We can go on about Ricky, but the story was, so um, they're in like Seattle. And Ricky Henderson sees John Olrood wearing a batting helmet, you know, in the field. And Ricky Henderson says, man, I used to play with a guy that wore a batting helmet like that. And John Olrood looks at him. He goes, it was me. We won a World <laughs> Series together. So good. Yeah. So good. You know, I, I need a 30. I need a, a sports yes. doc on Ricky. That, God, that's you a, that's just that nailed need. it, Blewett. You just nailed it. Because yeah. they're doing one on Tom Brady. I don't need now. a nine-parter on Brady. I oh, need to make it eight parts and give me one for Ricky. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's a great call. Like Ricky Henderson, like you need to have character and personality and 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 be great. And Ricky Henderson had all of the above. Yeah. Uh, he he had all of the above. What did he say? Like today I am the greatest. <laughs> what did he yeah. say? Yeah, just disrespected Lou Brock right to his face. Yeah. Right to stand like five feet but away. Forever Lou now Brock I, shows no, up now to the I game. I am the greatest. Yeah. Lou Brock shows up to the game, doing him a solid to honor him for breaking the record. And Ricky is basically like, yeah, that's right. I'm the best. Not yeah, you, yeah. Lou. Beat it. <laughs> so, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays, Ricky Anderson was on the World Series champion Blue Jays. So, um, you know, 993, 94 teams, whatever. And um, so he got a million dollars. So the, the Blue Jays contacted him after like six months type thing. And they said, listen, Ricky, uh, we gave you a million dollar check. It's never cash. Did you lose it? Like, what happened? Like, we have to, you know, let's deal with this. Like, did you lose the check? What's going on? We'll give you another one. And he goes, no, no, I have it right here. And they said, listen, you've got to cash that. It's a million dollars. you got to cash a check. And he said, well, I have it framed. It's like, it's on my wall. <laughs> he, uh, and, yeah. and they told him, they said, listen, if you want, like, a souvenir, we'll give you a copy of it to frame but he literally had to break the glass. He took the million dollar check. He put it in glass for whatever reason, Mike. The uh, the accountant on the team uh, that he's playing for at the time could not have been happy. He's 
tough time balancing yeah, your so books. I'm saying, so yeah, a million dollars. Like, hey, Ricky, what, what what happened to that million dollar? Oh, that check. Oh, I framed it. Yeah. I, I framed. House. It's like yeah. Ricky, you could have cashed it and got a copy of it and framed that. <laughs> so I'm good. surprised the guy that's driven by money as much as he was didn't run right to the bank as fast as he stole a base, Mike. I guess he had enough. Uh, he had gotten enough money at that point that the million dollars wasn't missing to him. So, uh, so speaking of baseball uh, right now, the baseball's on the clock. The word is this week is sort of critical. Like yeah. if they don't, if they don't start to make progress this week, then they're going to be running out of real estate. I just see it as so challenging, Mike, to get that many baseball players to agree to restructure the entire pay structure uh, between people that there's a massive distrust. There's just so many obstacles. And, you know, I brought it up earlier, but Jeff Passan, you know, he's done a good job following this. And a player that, like, makes about a million dollars a year now, he said, this guy's kind of a star player already, but he knows he's really going to make, like, real money in a couple of years. And he basically stated, I'm making $200,000 now under this. He said, in the end, I'll make $200,000. And he said, why? Like, really? Like, I'm going to risk everything for $200,000? And he mm. said, I'm not alone in this and thinking this. You know, I don't know about baseball. If I ask you, will they be playing baseball this year? Yes or no? What do you think? No. I'm I think with it, you. I think, I, I, and I say, I don't say it with a ton. I don't say my no with a ton of confidence. But Probably like a, mean, let's say 60, like a, 40, no? 55, 45. I think they all know how desperately they do have to play. But because of the distrustful relationship that they have with one another, I think that some of the minutia is going to bleed into June. And I think it's going to get to a point where training camps starting in July, do I think they can really do it? Will they bother to do it? I don't know. Let me ask you then. So about baseball, why is it that they feel that is different from them? Like they already got the 25% cut, right, of the salaries. Under the the act of God or whatever it was, you know what I mean? The special circumstances and, and the union couldn't do anything about it. Like when NASCAR is running, Kevin Harvick didn't make less money because there wasn't fans there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the UFC, the UFC, they're not paying their fighters more. They probably should. You know what I mean? They're not paying their fighters more, but they're not paying them less, Mike. Yeah. Like the UFC is not saying, wow, there's no fans in the building, so we're only going to pay you $4,000 instead of $16,000. No. Like, NASCAR is getting paid, right? Like, the, the yeah. UFC fighters get, like, why is it, like, so special that baseball are supposed to rewrite everything? And I think NASCAR is a really interesting comparison because, like baseball, they are very reliant on fan attendance. Obviously, Massive. some of these NASCAR events have north of 100,000 people, Daytona, uh, and even the smaller events are as many as a baseball game at, at minimum. So uh, I think that's a really apt comparison. Obviously, the owners are saying that it drastically affects their liquidity when it comes to the amount of money that they can make short term this season without fans. Um, they might want to take a page out of NASCAR's book. But again, this is why you're making an exact argument that the MLBPA would come back and say, well, NASCAR's not doing it. Why do you feel the need to do it? Well, that's the thing that every other sport isn't doing it. Right, like you, they already took the pay cut, right? They already took the pay cut, have lost their money, are going to play prorated. I don't see it as unfair. Like the owners did a good job of uh, putting them in a corner and making them look like the bad guys. And even ball players are coming out now, right? Oh, A Rod, yeah, shut up, A Rod, right? And yeah. you know, even Tom yeah. Glavin. And Tom Glavin didn't say they should take it. Tom Glavin said they're going to look bad. He said they know it. He goes, that's just the rules of the game. I think it's they do know it. I don't think they care. Get on the grid. Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid. And uh, when we say get on the grid, we're getting on the grid uh, for real. And, of course, SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. We're throwing it down right now with Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic. Joined us last week as NASCAR is back. And uh, it's been a flurry of activity Already, not the most exciting races, uh, but it's just unusual, um, you know, without the practice, without the qualifications, and then a quick turnaround. But I'm sure the drivers like it so far that they get a chance to get right back on the track, especially guys that don't perform well. Jordan, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? 
I'm doing well, and you're and you're right. For these guys who don't perform well, it's an opportunity to quickly recover. And for guys who do well, Kevin Harvick won Sunday, uh, Denny Hamlin won uh, on Wednesday. It's an opportunity to carry that momentum forward and to try to build off of this. And it's an opportunity for these teams to kind of separate themselves. I mean, you have you know four races over basically a week stretch, a little ten days, um, it, it, and that that's a big chunk of the season, the regular season. It, you can it can really help establish yourself for the playoff push. Now, for the people out there, let's say the um, the non-initiated, so to speak, mm-hmm. that, you know, all oh, the race car drivers aren't athletes. How grueling is it, man, to, to race like this? The, the turnaround, especially now, we have the longest race of yep. the year coming up right now, which is kind of, you know, that's that's what I find interesting about it. Sort of get, and, you know, we have a, a shortened race. You know, you're, you're back, all right, the the exhilaration, the I'm sure the energy sort of carrying mm-hmm. them through. And then Wednesday, you know, you had the race short race. Now it's a real grind, man. That's going to be a real grind on Sunday night for these guys. It's a grind both physically and mentally. I mean, physically, it's demanding, especially as you get into these hot days. You know, in Sunday's race, for example, at Charlotte, the temperatures can be the 90. You know, there's years. Last year, for example, was in the 90 degrees. It's hot. You're sweating a lot. You have to maintain that focus. Yeah, these guys are athletes. I, you know, that, that there is no doubt in my mind that argument that they're not always kind of blows my mind a little bit. But it's also a mental grind. I mean, you're racing a lot. You've got a lot on your plate. And because now there's less opportunity to be better, you don't have practice, you don't have qualifying, you don't have the same resources at your disposal as you did before, It's being there's a lot of pressure being placed on these drivers to perform. And the spotlight's on them. Now, the spotlight, uh, spotlight's been on them, all right. The, the television ratings have been great. And, you know, we saw 6.2, 6.3 uh, 6. million people uh, watch last week, and I imagine Sunday night, holiday weekend, the numbers will be great. So, what stands out to you? Is there a team? Because we have two different teams that have won, right? So we had Stuart Haas, mm-hmm. and we've had Gibbs, and you know the thought is that Gibbs hasn't been really in a groove, yeah. but. It's weird. They don't run well as a team, but they keep winning every second race. <laughs> so That's a really good I'd, point. I'd like to have a team that doesn't – they're not doing oh, – Joe Gibbs, they're not in his own right. <laughs> Todd Simmons continues. I am Gabriel Brunson. We're throwing it down with Mike Blue and Cam Stewart. Will return. So we're just talking about whether uh, you know Mike thought there'd be baseball coming back. My gut instinct tells me no as well. It's just too many hurdles, too many obstacles. And one thing, too, and I don't want to compare baseball to NASCAR from a physical logistics standpoint either. Guys, it's very hard. I know that people are like want to just move on, but there is still a pandemic going on. OK, and it's very hard to, you know, to say we're going to play a league in which you play every game every day for the next four and a half, five months, guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even these other leagues like the UFC, man, it's a couple of days. Right takes them like 1,200 tests for a three-day event. Like one card is like three days to set up. The, the weigh-ins, the testing, it's like 1,200, 1,400 tests. And then they take a couple of days off and they bring in new people. It's completely different, Mike, when you have a traveling entity of like 50, 75 people with these franchises. Yeah, and the UFC is training virtually in isolation, certainly with yes. a small group. Even your team slash entourage, that could be south of 10 people, right? In baseball, they're talking about the, the MLBPA came back and said they were interested in daily testing as opposed to the three to four times a week that they have. That's administering the, the MLB is promoting the possibility of administering 14 and a half thousand tests a week. That's a ton, right? To make sure that baseball operations, everybody that needs to be there is tested. And the test properly. results would be in Utah. That's right. why they can't do it every day. And right it would take now. 24 hours for the results to come back. So the testing and the players want more testing, not so much for safety. They want more testing so they can know. All right, we're good. We can go out. We can not worry about this. We can. You know what I mean? Hot they, tubs, cold tubs, showers, yeah. all they're that trying stuff. to get their lives back in this. Right. Yeah. They're trying to get their lives back. And it's just it's so challenging, guys. Right. It's challenging just if they were on the same page. Like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, even if they're on the same page. And I use Korea. Korea were united in their fight against coronavirus. It's not like one province of Korea or state of Korea thinks the other state are whack jobs. It's only the United States thing, Mike. And yeah. it leads me into this right now, into football, in which, you know, some team, uh, Troy Vincent's talking about fans at NFL games. He goes, oh, no, we're just going on like it's going to be totally normal with fans. And how are you going to do this? Are you going to play 
Like, Ohio State want fans at their games. Michigan aren't even sure if they're going to be playing right now, Mike. Right. So, in the NFL, let me ask you, in the NFL, can you have fans in some stadiums and not in others? Shouldn't it just be uniform? No. Or Uh, can you say, well, the Falcons can have 25,000 fans at their game, but sorry, the Buffalo Bills can only have 5,000 fans? Is this the world we're looking at? I think I understand why the why NFL is operating like this, right? They're, they are going according to plan. The draft went off on time. Free agency went off on time. They're going to kick off on time. At least it's the plan. And they're saying there's going to be fans there until they say that there aren't. Troy Vincent did also say that they're planning for a 25% reduction, yes, sir. a 50% yeah. reduction in fans. So I think it's okay for them to act like that, even if it seems silly on the surface, simply because they want to see how the virus progresses and the only thing that's really had to occur thus far is ticket sales. Now, I, I was following the Steelers story uh, last week, this past week, where they uh, the season tickets are, are all out and those are being held by the season ticket holders. Uh, the single game tickets, only 50% of them were released. Now, to me, that says they're obviously planning on not having full stadiums, but at the same time, I don't know that... Uh, any of it makes sense to have even close to 50% of the fans. You mentioned Ohio State. Uh, Gene Smith, their AD, is planning to have 20 to 22,000 fans by their model. That's that's about 20 to 22. I don't have a problem with that, though. Their stadium yeah. holds, like, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you could you could socially distance. Honestly, like, I'm not saying, oh, live in a bubble, live in a bubble. Yeah. But I'm just talking about the bizarreness of, so what? So what? some teams going to have fans, some teams won't have fans. And my deal is, as well, because it's pretty clear that the real medical experts have been silenced moving forward here, right? That there will be a second wave. And no doubt. we're not even through the first wave. And it's not if, it's a fact, all right? Fact. It's a fact. When flu season hits, it's going to get ugly, guys. And that's November, like October into November. It just seems like, yeah, it's a disaster. It like viruses in the past, this will be worse, too. Yeah. Yeah, like the Spanish, the plague, man. Everyone died in like 1920, not 1918. It was the second wave that killed everybody. That's right. You're right. And it's it's a scary thought. I think that colleges have come up with interesting plans in getting people back to class on time or a bit early and then taking no breaks and getting everybody off campus by Thanksgiving. That seems reasonable to me. If you wanted to have fans in September and October and then say, with the oncoming flu season, uh, no fans in the games after that. That makes sense. But 100% uh, capacity at these stadiums doesn't make any sense to me from where I sit right now. Yeah, you're right. A lot of a lot of universities seem to be thinking that way, right? Get Notre the students Dame, in, South but Carolina, get them out right. by like mid-November, right? So That's they're right. gone again. That's right. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So, you know, and I don't have a problem with it either. The National Football League, they're the one league that worked out perfectly. Their season ended as this began. So they have literally the most time, right? Um, they have the most time. I find it fascinating, too, right. that if the Niners would have won, what a disaster that would have been with the Super Bowl parade and everything in San Francisco at the time. Uh, but I wanted to get your take on the, um, the the onside kick stuff. They haven't voted on it yet, but I think they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and this is taken from the Alliance League, right? The Alliance, they were the first ones to, to bring this to the table. Yeah. National Football League is going to adapt this. Fourth and 15, for those of you that don't know, um, instead of an onside kick, because uh, the onside kicks are useless now with the rule change because of safety and et cetera, teams will get the ball on their 25-yard line, and they'll have a fourth and 15. You get the first down, you continue your drive. You don't, uh, then the other team gets the ball on your 25-yard line. What do you think about it? Uh, I like it. Uh, and now it's been uh, further explained. We thought you can only use it when you're trailing, but now you can use it when you're leading or You can tied. do it at any time in the game. That's right. So Why not? Anytime, uh, I, yeah. yeah, and there, an interesting offshoot of this, as I was reading through uh, this article that you forwarded from Pro Football Talk, is that um, teams may very well use it as a clock management device, right, at the end of a half, particularly at the end of a game. If you, say, score the go-ahead field goal or touchdown, and there's six seconds left, instead of kicking off and risking everything, you just take a snap, ah. drop back, and chuck it long, and you'll take up the six seconds. Uh, right now, as we speak, Bill Belichick is sitting there with his dog in that room, right? And he's like, how do I use this? How does this? Like, and you know he's coming up with like 32 different ways already about how, how it could come into, into question here. 
I don't have a problem with it. I like it. What me and Cam talked about is, is 15 yards enough? Is it, are you letting them off the hook? Because isn't it a lot easier to get 15 yards than to get, uh, than to get an onside kick? Like, I, you know, I I'd like you. to see the mathematical percentages of the conversion rates leading into this. I'm just thinking what fourth and 20 would have been better, I think. Yeah, I'm also curious what the fourth and 15 conversions are. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I do know that onside kicks, George Kurtz and I went over this a few days ago. Onside kicks were recovered, I believe, at 12.6% in the 2019 season. Uh, that was a little higher than the year before. So, I'm surprised it's that high. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I think one team, I think the Jaguars did it twice in one game. So really, uh, right. there were 56 attempts in the whole season. So you're really only getting one attempt per every five games. So teams obviously uh, have not attempted them as much because of what you said. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Cam has pulled the trigger on a uh, on a Super Bowl matchup, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Indianapolis Colts. I try to keep reminding him that Phillip Rivers is the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Same with Kevin Walsh. Kevin Walsh loves the Colts this year. I'm like, guys, Phillip Rivers is the quarterback. I think you're going to get a clean sweep on somebody liking the Colts. Now, Super Bowl is aggressive for me, uh, but I, they are my favorite over that I've seen thus far. Your Buffalo Bills are obviously popular. And I think the Colts, uh, just the way the schedule lines up for them, uh, I like them over. Obviously, I'm having to buy into Phillip Rivers, but I think even Phil Rivers was average. I think the Colts are a pretty good team top to bottom. I think they're going to win somewhat. schedule this year, too. Yeah, I think they're going to win somewhat conventionally, uh, playing a little bit more old-school football, and I think that's okay because Rivers will be protected. Uh, to me, a couple of the best bets that we've come across uh, so far here, and I think it's great value, the Jacksonville Jaguars to have the worst record in the National Football League, plus 250. Not bad. That's, Plus the, that's the best. And that's an even better bet than the Colts over. I think they'll have the worst record. Cincinnati yeah, will challenge. One. Cincinnati will challenge that. But uh, I, I think the Jags aren't really trying to win. And I think they're they're headed towards a lot of losses. I, I just don't think Minshew's going to be protected. And I, I'm not terribly impressed with him being their quarterback of the future. And a team that I'm uh, I, 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 another number that I like a lot here, the NFC North uh, futures for the division. I'm liking the Vikings a lot, Mike, this year. I think the Vikings, and I actually really think that with less fans or no fans, that that helps Kirk Cousins. You know, we've seen Kirk Cousins hasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, not a coincidence, it wasn't for nothing that Kirk Cousins said, I don't mind playing without fans. You remember? Yeah. He even said absolutely. it would be cool to play without fans. Yeah. There's a reason, uh, right? There's yeah. a reason. I think psychology, you know, psychologically, uh, he talked about how, you know, you can pick up the defense a lot easier as well. It's easier for the quarterback. He struggled in these primetime sort of games uh, in the past. And, yeah. you know, I just don't know if they can get over the top. Maybe they make it to the conference championship game uh, again. But, you know, they're a dangerous football team to me, the Minnesota Vikings. The one thing I'd say about the NFC North quickly is that uh, you and I talk about this every year. There's one team generally that goes from last to first. And if you look at last year's last place teams, it's going to be really hard for a lot of them to win. The NFC North is so jammed up that your best bet of those teams is probably the Lions of last year's last place teams to make a run. It would be the Lions. I'm not a believer. I'm just saying it's probably your best bet. Well, I'll tell you what, the Detroit Lions have a, a good, nice roster. I like what they've done. I like the draft that they had as well. And, and one thing, too, the Indianapolis Colts had a great draft. Love the players that they brought in. They did. Uh, Ballard's a great GM over there. Um, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with the Detroit Lions. I like what they've done. But Matt Patricia, come on, bro. <laughs> Like, I think like, really. I think just think too much has to happen for that to be a reality. But yeah. if you want like, to play for really a long shot, around and like suddenly be 12, 12 and four or something. No, I don't think so. I, you just can't get the players to play for. Uh, you know, this should be his last uh, year there. But it's always a pleasure. Happy Memorial Day to Mike Blewett. Get on the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Game time to sit continues. I am Gable Brenzi. We're throwing it down with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. And uh, Cam, I was looking at uh, SI.com, one of my, uh, you know, one of my uh, more favorite uh, websites. Check out. good writing. Yeah, always good writing and stuff. Uh, like, that's not the best for, like, headlines. It's more for, like, deep writing. Uh, but over at SI, they have an in-depth um, interview, actually, with WWE superstar Becky Lynch. And uh, me and Cam the other night saw a uh, WrestleMania documentary, and it was pretty cool. It was at MetLife Stadium, and it's funny just seeing, you know, MetLife and, you know, from, from their perspective, how excited they were to be there. And, of course, Becky Lynch took over uh, last year at MetLife, and it was a big run for her and everything. But she's stepping aside right now because she's pregnant. And, you know, I was thinking what a screw job for her, actually. She becomes a big star. She gets pregnant by Seth Rollins, the Monday, oh, the Monday Night, Night Messiah. Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, the Messiah. That he was going to impregnate her. And, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, will this woman's career ever be the same, Cam? I don't even know. You I'm going to tell like, you She one. had everything rolling, and Seth Rollins gets to be the Monday Night Messiah on TV every week. She's got to, like, she's got to, like, you know, have a baby now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a sperm donor. She's got to go through pregnancy. Uh, nine months of, uh, of absolute torture, right? So Seth Rollins gets to party, be the Monday Night Messiah. She's got to have to worry about childbirth. That's not going to be fun. And what are you going to do as a female wrestler after having a baby? I wouldn't think it was going to be that easy, too. Wah, wah, wah. You're going to have the nanny in there. you got other things going on. How are you going to focus on it? You're right, Gabe. Great to be a guy in that situation. You just go, hey, baby, you're pregnant, not me. I could still work. <laughs> but uh, and enjoy the next uh, nine to 12 months of your life. And i got to believe after that, too, you you bring up a great point. Like, I think wrestling's kind of be second nature after having a kid and the dangerous things you got to do. It's uh, very, very difficult to say the least. I like the, uh, I like when Becky Lynch gave the, uh, the belt up to, uh, to Asuka. I'm the champion. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh yeah. champion. I'm champion. I'm champion. Yeah. That was the best. <laughs> we were cracking up. It was the best. She's actually such a very good wrestler. Uh, yes. The, uh, the, the Asuna or whatever. Yeah. Asuna. So uh, yeah, I just I, I just I just you know I thought of that basically put put yourself in her position actually right her career's taken off she's like the woman's champion she's everywhere she's a main event of WrestleMania now she's going to be out of the spotlight now maybe it helps her down the road listen I thought they pushed her too much as it was anyways yeah no right? they really liked her a lot like let's call yeah. it out for what it is I don't know what it is Gabe about Irish people in general like you know what I mean like I'm part Irish and I'm Scottish in my background but it seems to me like Conor McGregor Becky Lynch it's just one of these things and I don't know what it is about this Irish background thing it, it is the luck of the Irish they get like a push in this direction good it seems to be working for it. but I will say this there are a lot of great female superstars right now so the women's division won't be in trouble without Becky Lynch that's for sure so speaking of Conor McGregor Conor McGregor started a, uh, a debate online that began with fans and media members before fighters uh, started uh, getting into it. Conor McGregor was asking, who do, who do people think is the best pound-for-pound, best-pound-for-pound mixed martial artist ever, all right? And Conor McGregor put himself in a conversation. <laughs> yes, of course he did. <laughs> he said, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, John Jones, and himself. Mm. are the best fighters uh, ever. And uh, John Jones um, John Jones tells him, uh, why don't you try defending a belt uh, first, like once, before you call yourself the greatest? Yes. 
And uh, John Jones goes, I'm not going to debate on who the greatest of all time is. I'll let the fans uh, do that. But I like what Khabib. Khabib steps up and in to Conor McGregor. You tapped out in featherweight. You tapped out in lightweight. You tapped <laughs> out in welterweight. You never defended title once in UFC or Cage Warriors. You gave uh, you gave up more than GSP, Spider, and Bones all together. You're the greatest UFC fighter in Twitter history. <laughs> Says I like Khabib. it. Khabib, great comeback by Khabib. Yeah, no, and he's a keyboard warrior that can actually defend it in real life too. He'll get you on the keyboard. Conor McGregor, McGregor, you can say, most popular. Without a doubt, you made the most money. You're the most popular. Doesn't mean you're the best. It's the same thing. It's like someone selling a bunch of records. Doesn't mean you're better than the Beatles. Yeah, you sold a lot. You're rich, Bieber. Doesn't mean you're the best, right? But yeah, you're rich. Good for you. And that's the thing with Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's a really good fighter. He's very entertaining. He's been good for the sport. He's, you know what I mean? He's big time. The pay-per-view numbers speak for themselves and all that type of stuff. But the fact is, you can't call yourself the greatest when you never defend and stuff. Like you said, you know, John Jones right up there. You know, GSP, GSP's lost, but at least he did it with class, unlike John Jones, right? So Nate Diaz steps up in it. Nate Diaz has said, I smoked the number one pound for pound uh, and double champ. Know the real goat when you see him. And don't forget, I did it uh, better and quicker than anyone else on the ground and sent him down with punches quicker than Mayweather did. So F you all and all your <laughs> rankings. Know a real goat when you see me, says Nate Diaz. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I'm such a, like, this goat thing, like me and you have talked about, we're, I, I still don't like it. Like, I, 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 goat to me, like when I grew up, a goat was a guy, Bill Buckner, he, he, he didn't deserve to be the goat. Bad thing. Yeah, yeah, like the, the I don't greatest of all time. I don't. I don't like goat, goat, no. Like, everyone, that's the thing now. And I'm not, you know what, Gabe? I'm a stubborn old prick, and I'm putting my foot down, and I'm never going to use that term. I, I say best, it. whatever. No, you don't use it either. And, uh, no, Conor yeah, McGregor's not even close. Time. Do, you, do, you, do you think this John Jones, Nagano, so here's the thing. John Jones, he talk, he's talking a big game, right? I got to be honest with you, Marenzi. I know he wants a payday, but eventually you're going to have to take a fight. People are, are sick and tired of this situation. And you know what? You're not going to get paid through the roof for the fight. You're still going to get a good chunk of change. I got to believe that it's going to happen. It's just every single time with this guy, there's always something going on. And you talked about it, but I'd like to see the fight, but he's just going to keep on talking money, right? Well, the thing is, yeah, John Jones, John Jones threw it out there and he sort of expected, and listen, the fans reacted to it. And I think he sort of expected the UFC to be super excited. Oh, yeah. my God, you're willing to fight Nagano, and we're going to give you this. And I guess the offer really wasn't anything special. Mm. It was sort of like the same as he always gets, essentially. Like, they weren't overly impressed with him wanting to do this. And yeah. he told them, I'm risking my he- my life, my career here by fighting this heavyweight. you got to give me something more. Yet, I think this is where it comes into play. He screwed them over so many times, Cam. Right? Like, yep. he hasn't been there for them so many times over the years. So they're going to say, what? Suddenly we're going to roll over? And maybe they don't even trust him. Let's not forget, Ken. This is the same guy. Like, he just sort of, like, sweeps these under the carpet. It was only, like, a month ago the that the guy the was guns. firing off a gun stumbling around outside of a strip club the other night. Excellent like, if one thing, why do I even trust him to give him $5 million right now? You know what I mean? Not like, yeah. like yeah. I, 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 I don't often defend the UFC in this, but... I'd say settle down, Jones. You don't have the best track record right now. You don't have a lot to stand on because you're you're a head case. No, you bring up a lot of good points, and that's the thing too. With that guy with extra money in his pocket, it's probably not going to something good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's not it's not going to go to like a, a neutral bullet or you know a, a, a nice appliance for the home. It's probably going to go to booze and other things. He's so hard uh, to like, John yeah, Jones. Yeah, right? oh, just, yeah. It's like it's amazing. It's amazing. And he even used the pandemic as like an excuse. Yeah. Well, I was like a lot of people. I'm feeling the pressure in a pandemic. Uh, you know, that, that's why I did what I did. I don't know. Like, let's see JJ Watt doing that. He's feeling pressure of a pandemic too. But speaking of JJ Watt, oh yeah, he's on I the broadcast. For why is he too? on the broadcast? What does exactly. he have to do with that, Ken? Here's the like, thing about this. What does JJ and- Watt have to do with the broadcast today? I'm going to tell you something. And they called him a legend. Jay- they said, "Let's oh, I know. It's- Guys never won anything. It's unbelievable. He could go down. J.J. Watt, to me, is probably the most overrated uh, player in, 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 like, almost NFL history. The way they talk about him, 
like Jack Lambert status. It's yeah, like, dude, player. No, you're okay. a first ballot Hall of Famer, according to these guys. Remember when he came back and played the Bills? I think they mentioned J.J. Watt like 192 times in that broadcast versus Buffalo. I was ready to snap when we were watching that game. Like, I get it. You like A-Rod, you like J.J. Watt. I, I don't understand why he was a member of that thing because he does charity work. That's why they probably bring him on. But it's unbelievable to me how this guy, his popularity compared to other guys in the yeah, National like Football League. J.J. Watt's nowhere near as good as Aaron Donald is. How can we not wait, Aaron yeah. Donald? Come on. Hey, what do you think, That's Aaron Donald? Yeah, yeah, Russell Wilson. J.J. Watt's a good guy. And he gives money he to charity and all this type yep. of stuff. But as you say, like, I just didn't, I don't mind you already bring him on fight. Whatever, dude. I didn't make any sense. But nevertheless... But when they said, oh, let's go to another legend, it's like, right, dude, he's popular. You're not a legend. J.J. Yeah. Watt's not a legend. In my opinion, he's not a legend. I agree with you 100%. And then Good football he gets, player. Uh, no, he's an amazing football player. He's had a great career. But I will just say, uh, like, when it comes to, like, what we see featured, overrated is a, a big word to go with it with the injuries and other things. But you're right. Aaron Donald's a way, 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 way better player than J.J. Watt is, but it's a popularity contest, Gabe, and he gave a lot of money to charities over the years. All right, Parker went, uh, Parker uh, on Twitter, right up, Parker, regular uh, regular viewer, shout out to Parker. I think he's yeah. in New York, actually. What's been our least favorite thing during this quarantine? And I think Cam's going to say, he's not able to get a haircut like everybody else. Ronnie Ruggs, you're starting to yeah, Ron. Yeah, Ron Ruggs, it's a really bad lid, Gabe. You've seen it now. At Stewart Studios, it's horrible. Like, I tried to grease it up before the show. It's very hot. It's like sleeping with a gopher on my head. Also, another thing that I'm really in, uh, not enjoying is waiting in lineup at liquor stores with deadbeats. Uh, <laughs> 45 deep. You wanted a couple bottles of wine the other night. Like, I just hate waiting, like, 30 minutes to go to a liquor store or something like that. It's just... The concept of waiting in lines for things, thats it's annoying. But you know what? It is what it is. And uh, I go grocery shopping for my older parents. But God, man, I'm telling you, you like, you've, co you've come to the area. You've seen it. It's like, it's unbelievable. Like, it's not, it feels like it's not getting any better here. Like, I'm waiting longer for stuff. It's weird. The the thing that annoys me, well, listen, the lack of sports annoys me. That's the, the lack of sports. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. But as far as, like, the little things, you know, the, li the life things, uh, is definitely the fact that I can't get a haircut as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. kidding. Uh, <laughs> but like my one hair. Give you a, top give you a Simpson. Okay. Looks good. Uh, Looks good. Yeah. No, so you know what I'd say though bothers me is mm -hmm. the restaurants being closed as yes, early as yes. they are all the time. You know what I mean? Like you want to order something, ah, you got to order before 7:30. You got to order before eight. I know some cities are different, but it's not that. You know what? I'm going to go get something to eat at 1 in the morning right now. I used to just love to go to the Malibu Diner in Hoboken, New Jersey, or, you know, hey, I'm going to go now. I'm going to eat something now. You know, random times or order food. That's the one thing that gets me now. It's like, you know, everything closes so early all the time. It's like uh, I find that to be frustrating. And then I end up eating, like, terrible frozen pizzas that uh, never, you know, frozen, frozen pizzas are like skins games, Cam. They just don't work. <laughs> no, they don't work. They don't work. Yeah, we we get what we pay for. The three dollar pie was horrible. I agree. I tried to cook it to perfection. It just sucked. Two the cardboard. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was bad. Bad pie. Uh, Big Merce uh, asked, uh, how many beers did you guys drink over the weekend? Well, uh, quite uh, a few. I did not. No, you had wine. Yeah, I drank about. I had a two four steam whistle. I plowed through that. I had seven tall boys, Molson Canadians. I had some apple ciders last night. I think I probably gave, got into a glass of Goblet of Gabe's wine. Yeah, yeah, you had a couple bottles of wine. You did pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I woke up with it. I didn't think we drank that much, to be honest with you. And we did a good show, too. We were pretty well, sober. Well, so. so what do you say? You drank about 40 or 50 beers this weekend. That's accurate, yes. That's uh, accurate. That's, that's, like that's very fair. Yeah, like 24 a day. He's like, that's yeah. accurate, yeah. Yeah, if you said I drank 24 beers a day, yeah, you, you got me. Guilty a little less, charge. probably. A little less, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, about 20, yeah. Yeah, about 20. <laughs> the best is, if you see Cam's fridge, you don't see them. They just sort of magically appear. I think you're like Homer Simpson. You have them, like, hidden in, like, in the toilet and stuff. Like, you lift up the Yeah, toilet. bottom crisper. Bottom yeah, crisper. They're, they're, they're hidden all over the place. Dan's like, no, no, I got another sick pack here somewhere. Pounced <laughs> out under the sink. <laughs> got a couple of, gotta hide your liquor. Gotta, gotta hide of, it. A couple of bottles <laughs> hidden in the garage. <laughs> Rainy day, buddy. Yeah, so at least, um, at least, at least we uh, we won the match, as we stated. I'm still rattled. I'm actually mad still from last week now because you're right. I could have put more money on this one. Get on a grand. Uh,
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. We've got a couple of minutes left on this Memorial Day uh, special. Shout out to everybody. Stay safe. Uh, we hope you have a, a great uh, great weekend and uh, holiday weekend with your families. We're going to be going live on Tuesday. And we've done our best under difficult circumstances. And shout out to Pisano. Shout out to uh, Pat. And, of course, our, our main man here, Puccio, yep. for the work that they put in over the last couple of months in these, um, you know, unique, uh, unique circumstances. But... You know, I think we've done a great job. We're producing content for radio stations and TV stations at once. Um, so it was difficult to be able to do it in a live environment, uh, especially when you consider that our studios in New York City are, have been temporarily closed. Yes. And the Meadowlands Racetrack temporarily closed. Uh, but we will be live moving forward. So we're going to have more guests on. We'll be able to get some calls on. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, moving forward, but I uh, just want to thank everybody who was involved uh, with the production of the show over the last couple of months in these uh, difficult and unique circumstances. Yeah, and I'd, uh, I'd like I'd like to give you a shout out too for everyone who doesn't know Marenzi produces the show with the topics and wears a lot of hats at the station, so it's a pleasure staying here at Stewart Studios, Marenzi. You deserve the old Barry Horowitz pat on the back too because now you're not only hosting, you're putting a lot of this stuff together. So kudos to you. You did a great job, buddy. Well, I appreciate that, and we look forward to doing it live because that's that's what it's all about. Yep. Um, so, you know, listen, we talked about the Skins game and Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's not Mr. Personality. No. And I was I was afraid this was going to happen after the last dance about, you know, there'd be more, and now they're literally doing it. They're going to do a nine-piece series on Tom Brady. Like, Seems really? a little bit long. I don't want to watch nine minutes. All right, I get he was a <laughs> six-round pick and stuff, but it's just not the same. And another thing is, he's still around. That was what was good about the last dance. Um, yeah, like he's yeah, right. been around for the last 20 years. Like Jordan and the Bulls story haven't been around for years. That's what makes Excellent. it fascinating. Excellent point, Like, like what, nine series? Yeah, I know. Anything with Lance Armstrong? Come on, guys. Like, really? Yeah, Let's wait you. a couple of years. Give us a Kobe documentary in a couple of years. But now they're just forcing it. I don't want to watch a nine-part series on the Patriots and the God, top people oh. and how they screwed and cheated everybody. No, I'm going to think about all the money I lost in those games. The Seahawks Super Bowl alone almost bankrupt me. So, no, I'm not going to enjoy that series at all. I'm going to stay away from it. And I don't know, like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's competitor and stuff, but Michael Jordan's funny. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Michael Jordan's funny. Michael Jordan has charisma and a personality and... You know, uh, you know, just something that Tom Brady doesn't. But nevertheless, it is what it is. Get on the grid. May the winners be yours, everybody. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.